You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hey, do you, when you go out to dinner, do you like a little peace and quiet? Okay, yeah, all right. Do you like a nice a place with a nice ambiance where you can have a nice, quiet, intimate conversation with your with your close friends and family? Is that is that a dinner experience you'd be interested in? Ah, uh, yes, either that or Hooters. Okay, well, one or the other. I believe those right. are opposite ends of the spectrum. It's yeah. all about mood. Well, buddy, if you're looking for an intimate dinner experience, let me invite you out. Let me invite you to this great, this classic American restaurant. This this American institution, this paragon of, of American democracy. Americana. Americana, you would say. The most intimate dining experience you can have at a place called Kobe Japanese Steakhouse. Okay. <laughs> All right. They still have that because they shut the ones here in Tampa down for health code violations. Well, I, I'm not surprised. They should, they should shut them down for other reasons. But, you know, they, I don't want to spoil the story. But, God, I got to tell you... Um, you know how, you know, we've been avoiding indoor dining in large crowds due to the pandemic, right. and, and you, we're sort of just getting out there in stages. And so Julie and I are both fully vaccinated now, and so we're going to say, hey, let's try it. We'll go out, we'll do an indoor dining, and, and we'll, we'll do our very best. And I'm sure the restaurant's doing their, their part to keep people safe and keep people apart. And so Julie's sister, uh, let, me, let me tell you about Julie's sister. Her older sister, if she could pick... A method of her death. If you, if she could choose ahead of time, she knew she was going to die on a certain day, and she got to pick how. I think she'd choose to die drowning in yum yum sauce. I'm a fan, fan of the yum yum sauce. I, I, I don't find this to be necessarily odd. No, it's not odd. Yum yum sauce is delicious. You gotta go. However, I'll skip to the end and also point out that you can buy yum yum sauce at the grocery store now. Right for her birthday, we were usually at one or two places, and one of those places we've been every other birthday pretty much is Kobe. Japanese Steakhouse, the most American of restaurants. And I tell you why it's the most American of restaurants. Because if Japanese people actually ate this food in the gargantuan amounts that they shovel it onto your plate, (laughs) Japan would be the fattest nation in the world instead of the United States. Because let me tell you, man, I had a full size, like a large dinner plate. And I was tucking into that plate for an hour. And every time I was making headway, the screaming Japanese maniac who was mm-hmm. frying up all the food on the hibachi in front of us, would just, would just give me another wheelbarrow full of, like, bang-bang shrimp or whatever. Just, just pile it on. It's like, a, you, you still hungry there, champ? Here you go. Hiya! And he put it right on your plate. And I swear to God, at some point, I stopped eating because I looked at my plate. And it looked like I hadn't made a dent in it. Yeah, they like sure. They, they sure. shovel it to you in stages. So we were there. And of course, again, we haven't been out to dinner and sat in a restaurant in 18 months almost. And so this, and if the first experience you want, and also bear in mind that noise is a stress trigger for me. So I get, I do not do well with, with loud, sudden noises. Okay. And you have three children. And all three of our kids were with us. And they were behaved, by the way. My right. kids were champions. Unlike the other little bastards running around the restaurant, my kids were champions because my kids know how to behave in public, and we don't usually take them to places where it's not okay for kids. If they are have everybody's kid has a bad day. I'm not saying any other, but it's just it was a bad night for everybody. Did you know this is a fact? This is a true fact. Did you know that in order to make a reservation at Kobe Japanese Steakhouse, someone in your party it has to be celebrating a birthday? It's like a rule. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> it does seem that way. Have you ever have you ever been there for the for the birthday song at Kobe <laughs> Steakhouse? Literally the entire kitchen staff comes out with tambourines and someone's banging on that traditional Japanese oh, hand God, drum. I hate it. God, I hate that with a passion. Bong 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 and then they like not only that, but every time this happens, the entire restaurant decides to take part in this song. It's like and this is happening. I'm not kidding you. This is a completely full restaurant. No social distancing in place. It is a full freaking restaurant. And every 10 minutes, it's somebody else's birthday song. You got to think that the kitchen staff is like, can we please stay back here and make some food? Do we have to keep doing this? And so we go out there. And then all of a sudden, they see the party at the, around the hibachi table next to us. And they have a girl. And she's probably like 
18 to 24 months. She's like little, and she is having the best time. And every time that the hibachi chef does something cool, which is, you know, every about 45 seconds, she decides to screech at the top of her lungs. She wasn't mad. She wasn't angry. She wasn't sad. It, it was just her expression, her darling little expression of joy that also sounds like a pterodactyl with a megaphone. I mean, okay. it was like, it, it, and, and, but it, if it was constant, if a kid's screaming and crying, you can sort of get used to the noise level, but it's, it's quiet. And then every two or three minutes, there's just a, a screech. There was a table full of Australian rugby players on the other side. <laughs> I feel like you're making stuff up now. Australian rugby players. Okay. Every time, every time their chef did something, they would start with, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. And then the whole restaurant would go with them. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I don't get to see my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, you know, my nephew. And it's lovely to get to go out to dinner and spend some time. And we don't get to see them that often these days. And so I just sat there and I didn't say a word. And I was like, uh, you, what's the point of having a conversation in this cacophony, this chaotic experience? And I, and, I, and I thought to myself, why am I paying money for this? If somebody was going to, if somebody was going to say, Gary, I want, I want, you know, tell, me, tell me something. Tell, tell me the things that you like to happen when you're out to dinner. And none of those things were on this, on this list. And so the, 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 the reason that it's $50 an entree it's because, well, they give you enough at one, one person's meal is enough to feed you for a month. See, this is where I have a problem with these places is that they try to make it seem like it's a big deal. But this guy's not doing anything that the short order cook at Denny's can't do. Right. He takes his chicken, he cuts it up, he cooks it on the grill right there in front of you, and he hands it to you. That's like you know six bucks. But he makes, he makes the heart out of, he makes the heart out of rice. He makes the heartbeat. Yeah, coffee shop in the world. And then here's some rice. You know, it's like whoop de doo and they charge you fifty bucks for it. But again it's, it's not it's not that special. It's just it's chicken cooked on a grill. It's the same thing you get any place else you go. Look, I I understand, but Booray, I'm not gonna flip a shrimp tail into my own shirt pocket, am I? You know? That's not, I'm sorry, that's an expensive show. That's all I'm saying. For, for what you get, I just think it's an expensive show. Yeah, I could have gotten my family into SeaWorld for what we paid for dinner last night. Yes, for what you paid to, just, to have someone just fry some chicken on a grill and hand it to you. And we could watch the orcas flip over and the dolphins attack people. It'd be a much better show at, 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 uh, at the same price. But every 10 to 30 seconds, some kind of like very arresting noise just erupts, and it's impossible to enjoy dinner. And you know what? I preferred, I preferred lockdown. That's, I, prefer, <laughs> I preferred being in lockdown. Yeah. I love lockdown. Lockdown has been very good to me. Yeah, it's emotionally speaking. I, you know, I've spent more time with my wife and kids. I'm a little more present, you know, and it was, it was, God, and my kids were fine. They were great the whole time. We were there for like two hours, but it was literally like Julie and I, we got back to the car and we just looked at each other like, <sighs> but the worst part was, when we got back outside to the little like garden and there's a little Japanese style bridge over a little koi pond out in front of the restaurant and we're standing there, we, we like meet up to say goodbye to each other. This mm -hmm. other party, there was five of them and five of us. And we're just like, we stand there and we go, well, I guess we didn't like, we didn't get to interact or talk to each other at all. Right. And so we're, and so we're like, I guess it was nice seeing you or whatever. Right. Like, That's another thing about it. You don't, you don't feel like you get to interact. It's, it's one of the reasons I think that, it's popular with business stuff is because it gives you something to do and you don't have to talk to the person who you don't want to be at dinner with to begin with. Yeah. I have to be at dinner with this guy because it's a business thing. And now we have this thing we can watch, like watching, like watching a football game or something, and you don't have to interact with them. Right. Well, I will tell you that uh, unless somebody re who I really, really like, who has really bad taste in restaurants, insists I go there for a very special holiday, say a birthday... I don't think I'll ever. I don't think I'll ever set foot in that place ever again. I want one of those grills. I've wanted one for a long time. You can buy them about 150 bucks. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. One of those because I want one of those big grills to replace my gas grill, my regular grill, which I never use anymore. But I can't do it because my regular grill is a Weber, and they never break, and they last forever, and so it's in great shape. And I would just feel I don't know guilty. Why won't you just die <laughs> to replace it? Yes. Uh, but I want one of those so that I can just cook everything on it like they do there. I mean, how hard can it be? You cut up the chicken, you throw it on there with some oil, and there you go. It's hibachi. Does it, does it come with a really, like, stained up 
half torn white apron for you to wear when it's like for the hundred there's that extra on top of the 150 bucks i don't know well i can i can create that i can get that done i can make that hey did you see the uh the academy awards were yesterday did you see the best picture have you seen the best picture uh nomad land or whatever yes have you right? seen it no i haven't uh francis mcdormand who won uh, best actress shut up and take my money she's amazing and everything she's amazing absolutely amazing who doesn't love she's a national treasure but Nomadland is about a, a woman who lives in her van, and she travels around working at Amazon and stuff, and, and she does it because she lived in a company town, and then the company dried up, and her husband died, and so now she lives in her van. So it's two hours of watching her, like, I don't know, scrub pots at the, at the place she's working here, or, or work at the Amazon place, or clean the toilets at the, at the big place where these people go and camp for the winter or whatever. And it's basically two hours of... Living in your van is hard. That's basically what it is. Two hours of living in your van is hard. That would have been a better and, title for the film then. Yes, and there's no like journey to it. Like, and there's this is the thing you see in some movie movies now, where it's like slice of life, and at the end of the movie, nothing's happened. Like, it's just a day in the life, and nothing's happened, and it's like that. And I mean, she was great in it, and it was nice, but best picture of the year. No, it was a I slow year for movies, to be honest. It what? It was a slow year. 2020 was a tough, slow year for movies. Right, but I mean, more and more we see this. It drives my wife crazy. She's like, what just happened in this movie? Well, Frances McDormand lived in a van, and she worked at a bunch of different places, and it kind of sucks. And, and what else happened? Was there some re- resolution at the end, or did something happen, or was there some movement of the character? No, no, not at all. Just <laughs> Well, what do they say in movies that... There, there are a limited number of storylines. Like, all movies are one of, like, yes. five, five stories. Give me one of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Give me give me one of the storylines. Any one of them, pick one. Can you make it animated and heartfelt and yeah. funny? Yeah, I'll do that fine. No problem. I actually watched a really uh, I watched half of a really good movie on a plane on the way back from Texas the other day. Uh Tenet. Have you seen Tenet? No, I haven't seen Tenet. It's uh I haven't watched the whole thing, but the, the, here's a, a couple of interesting points. One, I think the first half of it that I saw is the best James Bond movie I've ever seen. Uh, so I would say that, that, you know, that's it. Apparently Christopher Nolan, the director, really, really wants to make a Bond movie. And so, like, I think this was his Bond movie. But anyway, it, uh, that, that being said, uh, the other thing is, I didn't really understand what was going on, but I was enjoying it. So I only got to finish half of it because it was a short flight, and I just discovered that on Southwest, their entertainment system, you know, they're along with the package of peanuts and a half a watered down cup of Diet Coke that I got on the plane. You, they have access to a lot of great movies in, on their in-flight entertainment. You just have to hook up to it with your own device. And so the plane was landing. I was only halfway through the movie, and I thought, wait, I got emails from HBO, because HBO, tell, this is what's on HBO this week. And so I always look at it. I'm like, oh, let's plan my weekend, because I'm obviously not going to Kobe for dinner. And so <laughs> like, we're going to, and Tenet is coming out on HBO this weekend. And so I thought, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to invite my wife to watch this film with me, which I know she'll hate it, but it's fine. But I get to rewatch the first half, and I wonder if I'll understand it this time. I'm not really sure, but it was brilliant so far. I really liked it. I just I just don't think I'm smart enough to understand what was going on. Oh, well, that's he does that. He's the same guy who did uh, Inception. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to watch Inception like 14 times before you, yeah. you know, figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had a bar mitzvah. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Mazel tov, buddy. You only turned 13 once. I had a prom. Uh, I had a prom this weekend. And uh, first time shooting low-light uh, venue with the Fuji. So that was interesting and, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. satisfactory. Uh, but I had this happen, which has never happened before. I had my bag over in the corner. And right in front of my bag was a black box in the floor with a cord running out of it. Mm-hmm. And this is, I'm guessing, where all of the power is. And the cord runs over to the DJ stand. Mm-hmm. And at some point, right in the middle of the wobble... Wobble, baby, wobble, baby, wobble, baby. That's right. I stepped on the black box. A spark shot up (laughs) the length of my leg. And then all the power in the hall went out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Wobble shuts down. Everything goes down. They were up. The up lights were battery powered. So the up lights kept the... And and the lights were already out in the room. So really, it was just the DJ that went Here's the important part. Did anyone know that it was you that did it? Oh, well, you know, the giant spark that shot up had to do something. To, had to have something to do with it. And the DJ running over and saying, I knew this wasn't going to work. I knew this was a problem. And, and it, looked like, it looked like he had run the cord in and the 
lid of the box was pinching the cord. And he came over and was saying, I knew this wasn't going to work because, you know, this can't work like this and da-da-da. And then the woman in charge of the venue came over and there was like a little spot there where the cord was. And she just reached down and kind of moved it. And it was a a specially designed hole in the box for you to run cords out of. Which he didn't use. Which I think he didn't use. He just pinched the cord in the lid instead of using the, 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 the little cutout. Admittedly, I'm not so sure. I would have figured out that that's what that was because it didn't. Oh, look like I'd have that. figured that out. Yeah, that's. Well, yeah, because you were looking at you and thought, okay, there's just no way that this doesn't have a cord exit. If you've ever used an AC adapter with a dummy battery on a DSLR, then you've absolutely would have found that. Like it's exactly how they work. Yeah. Okay. So um, it took I don't know maybe two or three minutes to you know get it to, to find another wall outlet and run a cord over that wall, a wall outlet and get the music going together. We're talking about a prom with 25 kids, so it wasn't like it was a huge... How bad did they boo you when the power went down? Nobody. Nobody booed anything. It was like just like, hmm? Well, what I loved was the principal was sitting at a table uh, right next to me when it happened, and he was uh, doing something. I think he was tallying up the votes for prom king and prom queen and never looked up. Like, like the music, music goes out, parties come to a screeching halt, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm just doing my thing over here. I'm really, really not my problem." That's how in the trenches a princi- yes. high school principal is, and how unflappable <laughs> of a person he was. Probably a pilot in Vietnam or something. He just nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing's gonna phase me. Yeah, nothing's gonna phase me. I'll tell you what else. Tell you what else happened though. Uh, his wife is the art teacher there, and uh, I got there early, and I uh, took a picture of the two of them. You know, he's in a tuxedo. I took a picture of it to him. Went back to my kit, grabbed my little Fuji printer there, printed out the little Polaroid. I brought it over and I handed it to her. She went bananas. Oh, yeah? She went, oh, my God. Is this a Polaroid? Is this a Pol? Oh, my God. This is so awesome. And this is the picture you just took? The one you just took right now? Your camera with that quality? I get a Polaroid? She went crazy. And I was like, okay, money well spent. Yeah, yeah, that was that's worth the that's worth the ninety nine bucks or whatever, right yeah, there. Yeah, right. That was what, what a great deal that was. I think that you're having really bad luck at the events you're shooting. Like you fell and hit your head at one. You almost you almost burnt the building down at the other one. It's the cannon curse. Cannon is punishing me for switching. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. The cannon curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has upset the cannon gods. Oh no. Yeah. So yeah. So I fell, and, and that was I fell at when I worked the wedding, and then when I worked the prom, I short circuited the short circuited uh, the entire room. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what's next. What's my next event? I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna throw this out there. You should retire before you get killed. Like a piano is gonna fall on your head or something. I am not one of those guys who's like, um, well, what am I gonna do in retirement? I can't imagine not working. I can absolutely imagine not working. I'm not gonna have a problem. Not gonna have a single problem with it. Not working is gonna be great. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait for the not working. Yeah, I think I'll pretty much die on a job. That's like, I, I can't sit still. But usually by the time Monday comes around on a weekend, I'm usually like dying to get out the door and go back to work. I hate sitting around the house. Well, I wouldn't be sitting around the house. Don't get me wrong. There's poker to be played. There's golf to be played. There's, I don't know, join a bowling league. I would do something. But it would all be stuff that I could drink while doing. As opposed to working. <laughs> As you were saying that, I, I, I just an eighties montage of you high fiving people with a golf club, and <laughs> yeah. you like playing cards, and there was just like a movie montage of Boo Ray retiring. Some guys have all the luck, and it's just you. <laughs> I, I can easily spend an entire day just playing video games, just sitting in front of my computer playing video games, just as happy as can be. Yeah, 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 yeah. no problem. Watch TV. Watch. I just started. We started watching uh, Peaky Blinders. Ooh, it's a great show. Yeah, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, first I thought first episode I was like, mm, but now we're like episode three. We're like, okay, yeah, this yeah. is good. And you know, something else I just saw the other day. I think it was on Netflix or some other new show coming out, which is I don't know. Uh, you know, the Nevers. We started watching the Nevers, and this other new show is coming out that's uh, you know magic and science fiction. There's never been a better time, never, to be a fan of magic because when I was a kid, it was like you had Star Trek, and that was it. Ma- you know, maybe reruns of Lost in Space. If you're hardcore, you had Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, and now every other show that comes out because of the success of Game of Thrones and Avengers, every other show that comes out is superhero based or magic based. Or it's maybe, amazing or, the or content. Free. There's never been a better time to be a, a nerd, either science no. fiction or fantasy. If that's your, if those are your genres, this is the time that you wanted to be alive yes. because everything they're making is for you. Or, or you can watch Francis Francis McDormand sleep in a van. 
Like yes. those are the two. So if you if you grew up in an era where you where it was really unfashionable for you to like Francis McDormand sleeping in a van, now is the best time to be alive. I personally felt that the scene where she's in her van and she has to take a dump in a five gallon bucket, I felt that that alone merited the award. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I was touched deeply by that particular moment. Well, if you were a teenager in an era where it was unfashionable to like movies where elderly women take a poo in a bucket, then now's the best time to be alive. <laughs> I mean, I'm just seriously. I mean, after the first hour, I'm just like, okay, we get it. It's not fun living in a van. What's, what's she going to do about it? I'm not going to do anything about it. No, she has opportunities to do stuff about it, but she just decides she's not going to. She's going to keep mm-hmm. living in a van, pooping in a bucket. Okay, well, that's fine. That's your call. That's your choice. But uh, best movie of the year? It's a vignette of the, the life of the, of the nomadic woman struggling with the transition of losing jobs i don't know it doesn't sound it doesn't sound good it sounds like a bad movie it doesn't sound like a good movie it's not a bad movie but even the part where you find out why she's in the van is literally like a three minute snippet and then that's it you don't really get to you know to delve into her character it's just she's this person living in a van because she's on hard times and it shines a spotlight on this culture and that's fine but I want more of a, I just want some sort of a movement in the story, you know? I would absolutely live in a van and, and be an itinerant worker. That sounds kind of awesome. The bucket pooping, not so much? That's where I draw the line. There has to be a line. And bucket pooping. By the way, title for the episode. <laughs> That's not the title of the episode, no. The, the title of the episode is The Cannon Curse. That's the title <laughs> the of the episode. The Cannon Curse is good, too. Because okay. you're going to die, and then yes. it somehow... They're going to do the autopsy on your body, and something will clue them into the fact that it was Cannon that killed you. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's going to be like a brand. It's going to be like a mysterious brand in the shape of the Cannon logo. They'll find my CPS pin in my liver. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, they like live, look under your tongue, to, and then there it is. There's like a CPS. Cannon Professional Services pin. <laughs> no one walks away. No. <laughs> Just when I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. <laughs> so, speaking of working, I want to run this by you because I think that you'll appreciate this. For right. Speaking of a man who doesn't like to do things around his own house, I like to hire other people to do things. As we, as we record, my wife is in the backyard planting things right now. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like hell to me. So, anyway, yeah. I, uh, and I'm sure that that's not your bailiwick either, but we're, um, we are done remodeling the inside of our house. We spent years paying for things with cash, a little bit at a time, taking extra money upgrading things on the inside. So the inside of our house is, is as nice as we are going to make it, being a house yes. from 1953 that we're probably not going to die in this house. This is, we've taken it as far as we're going to take the inside, I think. We're, we're getting ready to move to the outside. And I, when I tell you that I have neglected the outside of my home, I, that's kind of an understatement. I've seen the outside of your home. Yeah, it's, it's neglected. Um, yes. Well, the lady who owned the house, who sold it to us, she had like, she basically planted a, what would it look like if I if a seed truck spilled over into my garden and what would happen. So it's just a bunch of unrelated weird plants. And I was like, you know what? I don't even like these things. I'm not going to be out here doing this all the time. So I just pay somebody to chop them down when they get too tall. So now we're ready to go. So I got this guy who's our tree guy because we have a tree guy. Because we, we have three large trees. We have an oak tree and two other large trees that aren't oak trees, but they look like oak trees. And they shade the house, but they crap leaves all over the lawn like all year long. It's awful. But we have all this landscaping around the outside of the house and around the back edge of the yard all along the fence. And it's just overgrown. It just looks like the Amazon rainforest. And I've just been ignoring it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm ready. We're going to build a deck. It's going to be nice. We're going to have some outdoor living. It's time. We're done with the inside of the house. Let's move on. And so I said, Julie's like, well, okay, you're going to do that? I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to call a guy. So I call our tree guy. We have a tree guy. And he comes out. And we walk around the house. I show him everything that wants to be done. And it's a lot of work. Like it would take me, it would take me a week to dig all these plants up, and I'm sure it would be a huge pain in the butt. And he's a good old boy, you know, he's got there his clipboard out there, he's got his real, he's got his performance fishing gear shirt on, and his sunglasses with the neoprene thing that holds it to your head. You know the guy, you know the guy, you've seen yeah, the guy. sure, oh yeah. And uh, he looks around, and I, and I got done, he goes, so that's everything? I go, yep, yep, so what, what, what do you think? And he looks around the yard, and he's like, looks at everything, thinks for a second, sticks his tongue like, in between his teeth and his bottom lip, like, bulging out. And then he goes, about 1,200. I was like, yes, do it. Sold. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was like, if he says anything under $3,000, I'm going to say yes to it. 
And what's he going to do? What's he going to do exactly? He's going to bring in, he has, this guy's great. He has a team of like young men. They're all in their like early 20s. And they show up and they scatter like, you know, like the wicked witches flying monkeys. And they just, anything, like a tree is gone in 30 minutes. They just have it out and grind it down. And it's like it was never there. They're incredible. And he's like, yeah, it probably takes about three hours. I was like, I, I will, no problem. You got it. Absolutely. Like twelve, $1,250 to remove an entire house's worth of landscaping, trim all my trees. Like, yeah, and, and I get to not do that. That's the most important thing. That's I would pay, the real value. That's the real value. Right if it was $1,250 and, uh, and, and I had to participate, if I helped, it was 1250 And if they did it without me, it was $2,500. I'd pay the $2,500. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. There is, there is real value in me not having to do it. If, 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 if he, I'm just telling you, man, when somebody, that's just, that's just the real adult stuff right there. Somebody throws a price at you and you're like, yeah, I'll take, shut up and take my money. Absolutely. No problem. I love it. So I know that you could appreciate that because I can't see you climbing trees to trim them. No, 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 no. I have gotten out on the roof to blow the leaves off of the screen over the pool. I'm going to okay. highly recommend that you do not do that ever again. Yeah, I've done that once. You just climb out the window of our bedroom. But, uh, <laughs> but when I'm out there, I'm, the whole time I'm doing it, I'm thinking to myself, well, this is it. This is how I die. I'm going to fall off and I'm gonna crash right through the thing and hit the hard pavement, and that's going to be it. The canon curse is upon you, my friend. I would... I would. Well, look- now I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not putting myself anywhere near... Uh, any sort of a situation like that now, now that I know that the curse has been put upon me. I hope you enjoy that Fuji because you're going to die with it in your hand. <laughs> All right. It's about that time. It is time for photography news. Photography, photography news. All right. Uh, first story I have uh, this week. I uh, got to love a story like this. A set of the world's earliest photos. These were taken by a guy named Fox Talbot, and they have sold for $1.96 million. Woo. Mm-hmm. Almost $2 million, and this is quite a bit more than they thought. They thought they'd cap out around 500000 but apparently they had some spirited bidders who bid this up to almost $2 million. And if you track these pictures down online, maybe we'll get a link in the uh, group or whatever for them, you will see they are all faded and blurry, and, uh, and, you know, they're, but they're old. And I'm guessing the negatives don't exist anymore. Yeah, got it. And, and even though you can scan these, and they are scanned and I can see them, I guess there are people who, owning the actual physical print that was printed by this man in 1880 or whenever it was, that there's, there's something so sexy about that that they're willing to spend the $2 million. It's probably the same people that bought Peter Lick's photo for like $6 million. Yeah. Probably, probably those people. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, the 1840s was when, the, I mean, I can understand that in a situation like this, kind of like a baseball card, there aren't this, there's not going to be any more of these, you know, and this is the original, he, he, he did this and then he handed it, the, the, I believe it was a photo album where he'd, give, he'd given these prints to his sister and I don't know, family held on to him or I don't know. Can you imagine the, te- the level of technology in the world at that point? If you gave someone a photograph, just like you gave it to the woman at the at the bar mitzvah, yeah, he, well, he cre- he's credited with inventing much of what photography was. They they, they you know some people say it's a, the father of photography. So it's like magic, you know. They say that's one of the things that you know, explorers when they would go to the Congo or the Amazon and they would interact with these tribes that have very little uh, interaction with civilization. One of the things that they would do to endear themselves is that they would bring a Polaroid camera. Yeah. And take a picture. And steal their soul and give it to them on a sheet of paper. They would love that. Oh, my soul on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's outside your body now. It's on this sheet of paper. Enjoy. Enjoy that. Uh, uh, first in, I wanted to talk about Apple news because there was some big, big news from Apple this week. And being an Apple user, knowing many of our listeners are, what we've been waiting for, we've talked about Apple has released its first machines with the M1 processor, which has been a game changer for um, low uh, energy use, low heat distribution, and powerful processors. It has absolutely changed the game. Nobody has anything even close to it as of yet. But they only came out with a couple of models. They came out with the Mac MacBook Pro 13-inch only, the Mac Mini, and I believe one other model. I, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But so what they have finally done is, is they have announced and given specs and pricing on the new iMac, the 24-inch iMac. And so it is an unbelievably 
uh, different machine as far as, uh, you know, design and stuff. It's got a, comes out in a bunch of different colors, but these are going to be running the M1 processor. That's the most important thing. They have slimlined it so that the iMac, their, their desktop computer, is the same thickness as like an iPad Pro. It's like an iPad Pro with a built-in stand. It's an insane, insanely thin machine. There's no bow to it at all. Like I have a 2015 iMac. I'm on it right now. And it, although it's very slim, there is a big bow in the back because you have to have cooling and you have to have all the hardware in there. You have to have several different boards. This has one integrated logic board with everything on it, and it's about the size of a ruler, of a 12-inch ruler, and everything everything is built into it. Um, apparently, it has an insanely fast processor that has the ability to edit 8K video seamlessly. You can edit four different um uh, four different streams of 4K video at the same time without the computer slowing down or dropping any frames. It's going to be a beast. It's not for sale yet, but you can get all the pricing information on Apple's website. And it also comes in a bunch of different colors, like the original iMac, which was like the big one that was a CRT monitor that was an all-in-one, this kind of iconic original unit. Um, but there are a couple of things about this that are a little concerning. It drops the SD card slot completely out of the machine. It drops the Ethernet port and a couple of other things. So in a way, it's going to have the processing power to do some incredible stuff that video videographers and photographers are going to really appreciate. And it's going to be very low heat, low energy usage. It's super light. It's super streamlined. But it's going to lose a couple of those things that we're really looking for in a professional machine. That being said... It is the 24-inch. I think this is the entry-level version of the thing. I think they'll come out with a 27-inch or a 30-inch version of the new iMac later in the year. And I think that is the one that's going to have some of the things that we want. Like right now, the one, the most memory that you can get in one of these things is 16 gigabytes, which will freak out photographers and videographers to not be able to get more than 16 gigabytes of uh, memory. But... I think that, I mean, I'm, I've been looking at replacing my computer now, and this is looking pretty good. But that SD card, man, that's great, because I still shoot everything on SD cards, and I put it into the SD card slot that's built into my computer. And I don't know, but uh, overall, I think that I'm really looking forward to having a computer that can edit all the new video that's coming off of cameras like H.265 that's coming off like the Canon R5. And so uh, it's pretty cool. It looks good. I think that some people are not so thrilled because it looks like they're cutting out some pro features. But I would say wait and see what they come out with with the next version of it. But it looks pretty good. So the M1 processor is now going to be in IMAX. That's starting here shortly in another month or so. Those will go up for sale. And incidentally, if you are using uh, some kind of Apple computer now and it's in decent shape, Apple has a uh, a built-in trade-in program for your machine, which you can do along with if you buy this buy the computer with their Apple credit card, you just sign up for their credit card. They will, you put in your machine serial number, answer a couple of questions, and it gives you a dollar amount that it takes right off the price of buying a new Mac right away. It's really slick. I went through the whole process just to see what it would be like. And like, so they said they were going to, and it's not bad. It's not great pricing. It's not what you could sell it for on your own, but it is a f pretty close to fair trading price. Like my iMac, they were going to give me $900 for my iMac. And that mine is a six-year-old desktop iMac that I bought for about 2200 six years ago. No, yeah, I'll take that, sure. And that's the thing is you don't have to sell it and do the whole thing. They literally, you do it, they give you the money off, and then you, they just give you an address to ship it to. That's it. Like, <laughs> how, much, how much is the new one? Well, it looks like they start at twelve ninety nine, which is pretty par for the course for an iMac. And so that's with the uh, two with the M1 processor. But the storage is, seems concerning is the other thing. It's only 256 gigabytes of storage, almost like an iPad. Um, but you can get up to one terabyte of storage. You can upgrade to as much as a terabyte uh, SSD drive in these things. But so they start at twelve ninety nine. I went through the whole process of like building the one that I would want, and after trading in mine, I think I'd still up end up spending about fifteen hundred dollars on a new one. So again, it is priced high, higher than you would if you built a PC. But nothing now they legitimately have an advantage with this M one processor that nobody has but them. And it's their processor. They designed it. They make it. And nobody's got anything that even performs close to this. So to get anything that will be able to have the processing power and the low energy usage of this, it's just, it's just not going to be a thing that anybody has for a little while. So uh, just to get those Apple users up to date, to check that out if you didn't see it. Looks pretty darn cool so far. 
If you're a Sony user, this is a good week uh, for lenses for you because there's three lenses. I'm going to hit each one of them just real quick. Just bang, bang, bang. Uh, Sam Yang. Is it Sam Yang? Let's just say it is. Sam Yang? Sam Yang? Sam Yang. I don't know. Sam Yang? Sam Yang. Anyway, Sam Yang. Uh, Sam, Yang, Sam Yang has unveiled a 12mm f2 ultra-wide. This is for Sony E-mount APS-C. So camera. that's essentially a 16mm. Right, 16mm f2 if you're using a Sony APS-C E-mount camera, right? So Sam Yang has put that one out, which is kind of cool. Do I have a price on that? Let me look real quick. Uh, where's my price? $500, merely $500 uh, for this lens. Uh, Tamron is putting out two lenses. They're launching their 150 to 500 millimeter super telephoto zoom for Sony E-mount lenses. Wow, that's a, that's a, on an APS-C. That's... Well, now it doesn't say it's APS-C, but I mean, it could be APS-C. That's the E-mount, right? Is E-mount only APS-C? I'm not sure. What is, so. what is Sony's regular mount? Look, I, I just, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, because, because you can put... Like an APS-C camera, it's only when you start getting really wide that you have to have a special lens. Right. Well, you do have lenses that are specially made for APS-C cameras. And if you put yes. one of those on a full frame, you get it's just a circle. Right. But you can take any full frame lens, usually, and put it on an APS-C, and you don't have a problem until you start getting down to really wide. Okay. Gotcha. So, like, Because when I was shooting crop sensor Canon, I used the same lenses that I used when I went to full frame, except for my 16 to 35. You had to have a special 16. You had to have a special one for the APS-A. So anyway, this Tamron lens is going to go for about 1,400, and it's a a 150 to 500 millimeter. And you're right. If you can put this on the APS-C, then you're looking at a 750 millimeter zoom. That's That's for birding birding photographers, some, you know, sports photographers. Again, it's a Tamron, so I I don't know what the quality is like. I'm sure it's fine. What's interesting, yeah, because like this this one is listed as being – a zoom for Sony E-mount. And then they are also putting out one that's listed as being for Sony APS-C E-mount. Okay. All right. So they, they tell you if it's specifically for APS-C, which means you can't put it on a standard camera. Or at least you couldn't, the old ones, because the shutter, the, the, the mirror would hit it. It would work, but you just have to crap the crap right. out of it. There you go. So, uh, and the third one that they're putting out, the second one that Tamron is putting out, is the world's first... 11 to 20 millimeter f2.8 lens for Sony APS-C E-mount. They say no one's done this yet. No one's made an 11 to 20 millimeter that was 2.8 through the entire lens range. It's a 16 to 35 essentially on a full frame camera. Yeah, 16 to 35 2.8, which I had that lens for my Canon. I guess they never made that for APS-C. Well, they do. Fuji's got one. Two thousand dollars. Yeah, nah, I don't know. Maybe there's, there's something with the engineering of that focal length on that size sensor. Yeah, it's crazy. It just must make it prohibitive to make. It's it's like it's possible to make it, but it's just got to be expensive to make for some reason. Yeah. Well, Tamron's is going to be eight hundred twenty nine dollars. No, that's 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 not bad. If they would make one for Fuji that was eight hundred twenty nine dollars, I would look at it all day long. Yeah, I absolutely. Would absolutely. Take a look at that. I don't use that lens enough. To warrant spending two grand, yeah, understand, yeah. And when I do use it, I find so many times when I do use it, I go back and look that I've, I'm zooming inside 24 millimeters, which I have. I have a 24 millimeter lens. I don't need it. But do you know what the thing about that focal length is? It's really, really popular with YouTubers and vloggers. It's massively. And I could see a lot of those YouTubers and vloggers going for an APS-C sensor camera over a full frame because of size and cost. And that focal length is a really, really good one because a couple of reasons. When you can get closer to the camera, you can get a lot better audio because you reduce that right. signal-to-noise ratio, even with those onboard like Rode microphones and stuff. Like if you get six feet away from the camera, you get a lot of echo, you get a lot of noise. So I, you know, if you look at guys like, uh, what's his name, Peter McKinnon and Matty Hapoya and all these like YouTube photography vloggers, they're usually shooting close with a wide lens. They have, it's really become popular to shoot that way. And I, I believe it's not, I don't know that it's a fact. My theory is it has to do with getting better audio and then it has just become the style. So to, to shoot in that style, you need that wide lens. These guys are very often shooting at 16 to 20 millimeters. And so I think that, you know, it's a good move on Tamron to make this. Sure. I think so too. I think so too. I think it also has a lot to do with phones. That, that, that's what we've come accustomed to is that super wide. You know, phones are really wide. Right. And we've come accustomed to the idea of you should be able to hold it in your hand and get your whole face in the shot. Yeah, it's, it's basically know. to take pictures of yourself at arm's length, you know. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a smart move. I and mean, I think that 
that focal length is it's really really popular with the YouTube set. So good job on Tamron for that. I owned a Tamron. I still have it. It's in a box somewhere. And um, yeah, I owned a Tamron, and then I went to Sigma as soon as I could, and then I went to Sigma to Canon. I never looked back. Yeah, I just to me it's just I'm at the point where maybe I'm an idiot, but I th- I'm just not into third party lenses anymore. Right. I'm just like, yeah, I like the resale value, the the service and support. I'm just gonna stick with where I'm at. All right, so going up. Speaking of Canon. Uh, Canon, although they have cursed you to die a horrible death, they are apparently not cursed themselves. Canon Incorporated releases their Q1 2021 financials. So apparently, Canon did really well in Q1 as compared to the previous year, so much to the point where they have actually increased their projections for the rest of the year and into next year. So if you've got that Canon stock, you should have seen those numbers going up. And they are apparently got a pretty bright financial future going at the moment, so much so that they've gotten cocky and they're like, yeah, well, you know how much money said we were going to make? We're going to do even better than that. So just a quick stock tip. I will tell you, I have a little bit of Canon stock myself, and it's done pretty darn well over the last 18 months or so. So that's a pretty, it's a pretty good bet. So I haven't looked at it today, but I'm sure it's better than it was yesterday. Uh, the only other thing that I've got is Nikon related. Mm-hmm. And if you have a Nikon Z-series camera, you'll be happy to know that there is an update. So if you haven't uh, pushed that update yet, please go ahead and do that. They're updating the firmware on all of their Z cameras. And apparently and, it improves the eye autofocus again. Yeah, they're improving the eye autofocus once again. And it seems to me like every time I see an update for just about anybody now, it's almost always autofocus related. Yeah, well, that's the thing that the biggest revolution in mirrorless for most people in practical terms is that the, the the autofocus the eye autofocus has changed the game and Sony came out with the the best version of it and then Canon has matched them and some would say exceeded but I would say you know effectively they have an equal quality eye autofocus and then Nikon has been trying to play catch up on that and the that in fact I don't think that the first version of the Z series cameras even had it they added it in firmware later and I think that they've just been incrementally playing catch up with it so that's a big that's a big deal to people who stuck with the brand and bought into the mirrorless system to get a industry trailing eye autofocus, and it looks like they're pretty committed to catching up. So I think this is a this is a good move, and it should be a real um, a real win for Nikon users. One of the things that they are adding is a new save focus position. Oh, I heard about this. I don't yeah. understand it though. Well, you can lock your focus on something, and then turn your camera off, and when you turn your camera back on, it's focused on the same spot. So what would be a practical use for that? I don't know. I can't, I haven't figured, if you were on a tripod and you were, maybe you're on a tripod and your dial focused in on a spot where you're hoping that a warthog is going to appear. Okay. And, and so you focus in and dial it in, but then you just turn your camera off and you just wait for the warthog to appear and then you turn it on and you take the picture. Oh, that is it. Okay. So for wildlife photography, let's say you found an eagle's nest. You're waiting all day in a bird blind. For this eagle to come back, but you don't want to leave your camera on the entire time, but you leave it on. But by the same token, turning it back on and then grabbing the focus, how long does it take to grab focus? <laughs> now, apparently not as fast as an eagle can flip you the bird and fly away. Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, if, that, if it's that if, it, if it's that tight, then I wouldn't want to have to turn my camera on either. Somebody out there is going to go, it's for X, Y, and Z, you idiots. How could you possibly know yes. why this isn't a good thing? It's clearly just going to be for some kind of use in an area of photography that we don't work or know about. I remember, I remember uh, many years ago when I was a kid reading an excerpt in Reader's Digest of all places. It's funny how you remember things. And uh, it was a person, a little excerpt talking about he had gone out with a wildlife videographer for Disney. Uh, to see what the big deal was all about. You know, like this, this guy had won all these awards and he was like, how hard can it be? And so he went out and they were on like this bluff area overlooking a prairie dog uh, community. And he had his camera trained in on a hole to film this prairie dog. He goes, and I sat there with him for 10 hours. And then when mm-hmm. the 10 hours was done, he had never shot a single frame. And he was like, all right, I'll see you back here tomorrow. Yeah, I'm telling you. Not, I was like, okay, now I get it. It's not the easiest thing in the world to be a wildlife photographer. Prairie dogs are a holes. I'm not going to lie. Really they are. They are. They are really good at avoiding the camera, especially Kevin. Kevin. Oh, 
What a, you know what? The thing is, he still owes me 10 bucks from 20 years ago, exactly. and he hasn't exactly. paid it back. Exactly. Also, uh, the Z6 is getting an audio memo function. Oh. I've n- I think I think my Fuji might have that. My I know my Canons have, all, have had that for a long time, and I've never used it once. I, I think maybe it would be good if you're like, you take pictures of people and you want to remember them, right? You take a picture of somebody and go, oh, what was your name? Oh, Becky? Okay, great. And you hit the button and go, this is Becky. <laughs> I, maybe i don't know and, and then later you can go back and listen and they, oh this is becky or i you know I, I the know. uh the hole in the ground uh would have been kevin if he would have stood still for a picture but kevin is an a-hole yeah i've never used the voice memo function either so there's another thing that you can enlighten us as to why you use the voice memo function if you so do that you can do that on our facebook page which i'll give you the address in a minute yeah if anybody out there is using the the function uh, go ahead yeah. and let us know. Um, I got a couple of quick hits. DJI announces the release of the Air 2S drone, merging incredible image quality with unmatched flight performance. Now, this looks pretty cool. So the the, the DJI Mavic Air has been really popular. All, oh, no, everything DJI does is just really slick. It's easy. It's affordable. Um, they've really been pushing you know, the boundaries of what's possible and creating these incredible drones. Although we may not be allowed to buy them anymore because China, but it's fine. Um, this is a really, really cool upgrade. It has an incredible one-inch sensor now in it, which has only been available in larger drones. So it's, that'll be a massive increase in image quality, as well as a 30-minute flight time now, obviously depending on uh, air conditions. Um, a bunch of, it's, it's got a new object avoidance and automation. So it's really super sensitive and able to automatically move out of the way of objects to keep it safe. And it's got a new camera in it that is, let me look at the right numbers here. It's like more than 4K. It's like 5.4K video. You could shoot at 30 frames per second, 4K 60 frames. And this is at 150 megabits per second bandwidth, which is really really good that's a lot of detail that's going to mean better dynamic range it's going to mean it's just a really big improvement it also will do uh log footage which is really cool in 10-bit log footage h.264 or h.265 it's this is basically a very affordable very portable like real serious quality flying movie camera. I mean, it's 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 pretty kick ass. Like this, the, what they've added to it, as well as a bunch of other features. If you read about it, it just is going to be, a, and it does twenty megapixel stills, which is huge. So this is uh, this is going to be a huge huge improvement for a lot of people. So this is the DJI Air Two S drone that they have just released. And so I obviously haven't flown one yet, but this, based on the quality of their other stuff and the specs that they're, st- they're touting here, this is going to be really cool. And the price for the base kit starts at $9.99, and with the Fly More kit, which is going to be the remote and the extra battery, uh, is $12.99. Now, it, if you think $12.99 sounds expensive, think about the fact that you know, you've got a camera that you maybe paid a couple of thousand bucks for, but that camera also does not fly. It does not fly. <laughs> so this is getting to the point where it's an incredibly affordable that will do way, way good enough professional quality cinema footage. It's even got AI built into it now so that this new version of it where it will it will analyze the scene and based on a preset that you put in, it will pick the shots, make a flight path, and then fly and try to get interesting shots for you without you even having to pilot it. It, you can even give it a style preset so that it will edit the footage and export it so you can instantly share it already edited wow. out of the thing. Wow, that's that's a good price, too. I mean, this thing is cool. Like, it's very, very cool. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to upgrade my drone at some point. But when I get into, which I've been putting off, doing my Part 107 license, and so we can add drone video to our services at the studio, this would be a... Because it's not much bigger than the Mavic Mini. Uh, and it is, it is still does collapses all the arms up and it just, it's awesome. And they even have now uh, a, a really cool improvement to their program called DJI Care Refresh, which covers accidental damage. And it. it's a, just an extended warranty that covers, you know, for you inevitably crashing it into a lake or something like that. So definitely <laughs> check that out. Um, before we go, though, I did want to just, we've had some listeners uh, banging on the door just to get a couple comments at us. And so we've been basically just not doing that. So I want to say, I want to give some feedback on the EOS R3 
because we do have a lot of Canon users. And, you know, the feedback is kind of what we would expect it. Okay. Our, our good friend Kenji says uh, he's not interested in it if it's over $5,000, which I'm sure it will be. Do you think that that's about where the price will end up? I don't know. I mean, it's what's the uh, five? Thirty five hundred? Thirty eight. Okay, it's thirty eight. And then, do we know what the one's going to be? No, I mean, if if it's on par with other one series cameras, it'll be over six thousand, probably sixty five hundred. Right, well, between thirty eight and six thousand, you're looking at forty five. Five. Yeah, it, it it might be seriously worth a look if it is. Around the $5,000 mark. I think all of these cameras do what they're supposed to do, and I think they justify their expense. But I think the problem is that more and more, there are fewer photographers who need a camera to do what these cameras can do. Because the lower-cost cameras can do, you know, you, you, take, a, you take a lower-cost camera now... And it's better than the $6,000 camera that Canon was putting out 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so so yeah, it, it, I think that, that that high-end echelon, high-end photographer and high-end cost is a very much a shrinking market for all of the manufacturers. Um, also, commenting on episode 295, The God of Hail, Alan wanted to write in and he said, I just meant to comment about the last one. Thank you for putting the old man peeing thing so succinctly. It feels like I've never done peeing. Perfectly put. So thanks, well, Alan. So happy that I could help you there, Alan, with, with what is perhaps uh, something to be discussed with your doctor. Yes, definitely call your doctor immediately. Uh, <laughs> Raul says, great show. Where can I find Bure's trick with his peak design strap to make it like a sling strap? Uh, on my uh, YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and type in Bure Perry. Yeah, there, there's really no other Bure Perry available. No. That's the best thing in the world about my name is that I'm pretty much the only one. Yeah, my YouTube channel, I do a, there's a video on there where I compare um, the Black Rapid, the Spider Holster, and the Peak Design. And in, the, in there, when I talk about the Peak Design, I show how I, how I rigged mine. Mm. Okay, well, uh, Carol wanted to write in about straps. She said, I have a hold fast but don't love it. And I'm back to just using my normal stock strap that came with the camera. Wow, stock strap user, you just, you buck the trends, you know what I'm saying? You just yeah. be, leave your tags on your clothes and wear keds and be the original stock strap user, my friend. I, I don't want to be seen with you in public, but I do respect your decision. And, and Tim writes in, I got my first Black Rapid strap in 2014 and got a couple more since moving around a lot and hiking. I'm more comfortable with the camera hanging from my side. So, okay, uh, cool. We got more comments, but uh, none of them were funny. So you want to be on the show? You got to be funnier than that, guys. I'm just no. <laughs> Anyway, um, just wanted to say, by the way, thank you to everybody who came out to my, my Florida class and my Texas school class. Um, our our buddy Jim Felder from the PhotoFacts podcast actually came to Texas school and took my pre-con class and sat and listened to me run my mouth all day long. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was great to see you, Jim. Thanks for coming out. And man, they did a really good job uh, at Texas school. They just are, are knocking out of the park, trying to make sure that everybody's safe and, and uh, still having a good time. So thanks, Texas. Thanks, Florida. And, uh, and that's it. Photobomb is written and produced by Boo Ray Perry and Gary Hughes, and our editor is Daniel Munoz. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. Our website is photobombpodcast.com. Gary's website is hughesfioretti.com. Yes, it is. My website is booreyperry.com, and you can email us, questions at photobombpodcast.com. We'll see you back here next week. And beware the canon curse. See you later.